Yo, this is the ancient Texan. Been absent for a while. I might call this podcast, this particular episode, My State of Mind. I'm sure a lot of people care what my state of mind is. But it might not be too much different than your state of mind, or you might find it contrast to your state of mind. Well, my state of mind is being affected by the fact that tomorrow morning at 6.30, probably 7.30, I'm going to get an operation on the inside of my nose and deviate its septum on one side and something needs to be stapled down on the other side. Then I go... For a week and then I get all the you know staples and stuff removed so I go a week breathing through my mouth it bothers me a little bit thinking about that anesthesia scares me a lot the last time I had anesthesia I was uh, getting a stent put in my heart I think 2017 ish and I was talking a lot to the doctor that was, you know, running the joysticks, putting the stint in my heart. And at some point he looked over to the anesthesiologist and said, why is this guy awake? And the anesthesiologist said, because uh, I've given him double the dose that should knock out anybody and I can't give him anymore. And so the doctor made a deal with me that if I'd quit asking him questions while he was trying to do a difficult procedure. Um, He would record it on video and then he'd play it back to me and we could discuss it then. But that if he screwed up, it was going to kill me. I thought a pretty sound argument. Oh, and I know I opted to stay conscious when they operated on my knee. lightly out of it when they operated on my wrist. And I felt quite a bit of pain in all those cases where I stayed awake, but the pain didn't scare me. Getting zapped by, you know, chemicals that put you dead to the world and then bring you back to life later. That's a pretty scary thing. So, 10 years ago, I didn't think I was afraid of anything. My wife's helped me learn to identify that emotion and know when I am afraid. Yeah, that kind of scares me. Can't say I'm terrified or anything, but definitely little funny feelings in my stomach. I'm also following the political landscape, and I haven't had much to say lately because I feel like I'm in such a different planet than the Democrats or the Republicans. You know, there's a big thing going on now about how, you know, Trump cheated on income tax and had the scheme to avoid taxes. Of course, Jeff Bezos hadn't paid taxes forever 
almost pays none and he's like the richest guy on the planet. Bill Gates doesn't pay a lot of taxes. Warren Buffett doesn't pay a lot of taxes. The difference is they, you know, Trump's is a stupid and selfish billionaire. The others are smart, successful billionaires. And I wouldn't even say that's probably not true. Trump's not stupid. Trump has a moral compass that's, you know, all out for himself. Although I'm not sure the other billionaires don't have the same thing going on. Guys like Warren Buffett at least say, you know, it's not fair that I pay less taxes than my secretary. But Trump, you know, the difference is, you know, Bezos and Buffett and Warren and all those guys avoid taxes legally. They have really good lawyers that know what the hell they're doing. Trump doesn't pay half the people that work for him, and he doesn't tend to get the best lawyers. And Trump apparently didn't get the best people to avoid taxes legally. He probably avoided all a lot of legal taxes too, but he avoided some illegally. And in our society, if you avoid taxes and you don't pay your fair share, and you do it legally. That's okay. That's hunky dory. Take advantage of all the loopholes. Find them. Manage your money in a way that maximizes tax. Tax avoidance is smart. It's okay. We consider it moral. Illegal tax avoidance, meaning you don't. Cross all the T's and dot the I's according to the legal laws, which they're like you know, fifty-five thousand volumes of IRS code. It's incredibly complex. It used to always piss me off that you know a PhD educated guy, pretty damn good at math, and I always screw up my taxes. And it's not on purpose. It's just so damn hard, and I can't afford a lawyer because a lawyer costs me more than the taxes. I remember one year on dividends, I went down and I listed dividends, and then the last entry I put a hundred dollars for unaccounted for dividends. Well, sure enough, I missed one that year, and I was on the phone, and they're going down the list, and sure enough, I'd miss one. It was like twenty-nine dollars of dividends that I didn't declare, and the guy wanted to know why. And you know, how could I miss that? Because he had the ten ninety-nine miscellaneous whatever form in front of him, and supposedly I was supposed to have that form in front of me, and I misfiled it. Who knows what the hell? It's probably my fault. I admit that. And he says we're going to have to charge, you know, you the tax on that. Twenty-nine bucks, and and then a penalty. And I said, "Yeah, but what about this item right here, unaccounted for?" He says, well, "What is that?" And that's 
I said, if I miss one, I paid an extra hundred dollars and took credit for a hundred dollars of dividends in case I missed any. And he said, well, I don't know about that. I said, this is the one I missed and that's what this is for. And you guys are pocketing, you know, the $71 a difference. And it goes to your favor. If you want to refund me that, that's okay. But I'm, I'm willing to pay a little extra, make sure I, you know, do it all right and don't break the rules. This last year, I just got a refund back from my, my taxes, my business taxes, oh, 645. Because <laughs> I anticipated being some penalty or something doing wrong. Well, I had a $345 penalty and I overpaid my taxes by a thousand bucks because I always screw up. Sure enough, I did. They took 345 out of the out of the thousand. Of course, they you know their whole letter is really nasty because it's kind of like here's your penalties and things from screwing up. Kind of in the fine print, you owe us. We owe you six forty-five uh, because of an overpayment, which is also considered yeah, an error. So, it, so we live in this really crazy world where fairness and tax code are just like oxymorons can't even have those two words in the same sentence. And we use our tax code to take care of everything. We're trying to take care of child care, childhood poverty now with tax code. And so we're going to refund people money that have children. And so it's like getting an extra $300 a month so they can send those checks out. But the irony is they can't send the checks out to uh, people that are too poor to pay taxes. They don't even know where the hell those people are. That's the world we live in. That, you know, your identities, your freaking taxes. So in that sick world that we live in, Trump is in trouble because he didn't play the rules right. And I don't give him any credit for Intentions. I think his intentions are often bad. I'm not sure he's ever thought of anybody else in his life except maybe thinks of his children or his daughter or somebody. So, in the political world, that's what I'm thinking about right now is the, you know, Trump taxes and another favorite subject of mine is global warming because I'm actually an engineer with a fair amount of knowledge about energy consumption and use and guess what the Europeans have passed um, a plan for their to meet uh, climate change and global warming put a carbon tax in there that it, I don't know a lot of details about their plan but as soon as I heard that 
I thought, wow, they're serious. I hear about our plan and how so many trillions are being thrown at it, but no one has enough guts to use the word carbon tax. Apparently Australia is also putting a carbon tax on starting small. Even China, they're calling it uh, trading system co2 trading system and they're starting out small but that's kind of a precursor to a tax that says to me they're more serious than we are so we continue to muddle along and think that we're smart enough to list all the things we need to do and if we throw trillions of dollars at it uh, we could do it I have no confidence at all the Democrats or the Republicans or the national government in general is smart enough to know what the hell needs to be done next with global warming. It's a complicated problem. It needs creative solutions and a lot of money doesn't necessarily make creation. You have to have a policy that rewards creation and creativity. Um, you need to have a lot of money in R&D and looking for new new solutions like thorium reactors and metal battle battery storage and but you need to attack reward solutions to the problems and not dictate the solutions we're just not smart enough for that I don't care how many trillions of dollars you got behind you we're not smart enough for that that's my opinion <laughs> in case you were wondering Another part of my state of mind is um, I've got two dogs, two Jack Russells. One of them, Ashton, will be 18 if he makes it to September. Oh, he's getting where he pees all the time, and I'm cleaning up pee a lot in the house. I can tell everybody else in the house has kind of lost patience with Ashton. We've been together a long time and been on a lot of journeys together. So it's hard for me to give up on him. And he's still happy to see me. He still likes sitting with me and calms down, knows where I am. And can't see very well, but his nose can still lead him to me. Then I got Bungalow, who's six months ago, he's 10 half Jack Russell. Sweetest dog in the world. Wow, is he sweet. They told me about six months ago that he had cancer in his liver and be dead in a few weeks. Oh, his, his abdomen has swollen up and a lot of times you can tell he's in discomfort. But he still likes hanging out with me, going on rides, going on walks still pretty damn strong I actually think in some ways uh, 
be kinder of me to put him to sleep than Aston, who seems to be in no particular pain, just kind of la-la land a lot. So, I think of my dogs and state of the world and politics and all that. It's funny that that sea of stuff goes through my head when I'm worrying about, you know, will I wake up from the anesthesia or, you know, will I have bleeding in my nose or whatever the hell can go wrong with an operation and infection. I'm told that, you know, I had a sty in my eye a few months ago and the infection went all over the place and I was afraid it'd get in my brain. I'm thinking, wow, you know, I squeeze a little sty and cause all that problem. They're gonna stick a truckload of tools up my nose and break bones and all that. And that's, you know, how many molecules of germs do I need to get? They even had me, you know, do a COVID test on the 13th. I was supposed to have six days of quarantine. Of course, I live by myself my wife and got my daughter and stepson kind of passed through to their bedrooms. So I haven't exactly been quarantined, but I came out negative on COVID and I'm vaccinated. So hopefully that's not an issue. It's not my top 10 issues right at the moment. Uh, I also go to Zoom meetings for UUFN Unitarian Universalist Fellowship of Newark. This morning we had a person that's non-binary giving a talk. And I want to say I really liked her, even though her had a beard, but she refers to be called to as them because she sees herself both as male and female. Although it seems strange that your sexual preference dictates your pronouns. Because my sexual preference doesn't dictate my pronouns. I guess my gender does. I don't know. I don't really care what pronouns you use for me. But I respect that them wants to be called them. And I will try to do that because I like to try to, you know, be nice to people and do what they want to do. And I don't find that too much of an imposition. Although I do have questions like, I have a guttural reaction of seeing her, because um, that, that was my, um, perception and I use the pronoun that's consistent with my perception and with my habitual and traditional and historic use of pronouns um, and I also think it's very silly to be defined by I think it's very silly to be defined by my sexual preferences. I've, I've got a lot of kinks and I don't think calling me he or her have much to do with my kinks. It's kind of a 
I don't know. I just don't quite make the link there. But it's okay. I don't have to make the link or actually understand it. I do very much believe in the freedom of speech and that it's a you know, personal preference anybody what pronouns they use when they're talking. I think it's a kind thing to use the pronouns that people like you to use and I, I if asked nicely I will try to do that. I don't know how successful I'll be but I will make some effort in that area. And I found the person whose name I can't even remember because um, we didn't actually talk much about our name which I'd rather use her name than her pronoun than, than them her than their pronoun wow that's hard for me and I've already forgotten my track train of thought there <laughs> I guess that summarizes my my feelings or position on that oh I know I was saying that I believe that you know freedom of speech still dominates and you can't make a law about making people use pronouns because it kind of trumps the freedom of speech card which I think is really damn important well while we're doing an inventory here of my state of mind I'm still working on a magnesium project in uh, Vancouver and I can't go there because our two countries can't get together what a you know vaccine card looks like and if that's sufficient we've raised a lot of money recently like five million bucks or three million bucks or something but it's millions of bucks and so we're starting to order equipment and the project's starting to actually roll pretty fast. Although fast now is much slower than it would have been a year ago because everybody is now ordering equipment and stuff and so we're in a queue that's a lot longer than the queue was a year ago when we didn't have money. So it'll probably be 2022-ish I'm guessing mid-year, although right now they're projecting first quarter 2022. I think that's optimistic as hell. So let's, I'll call it middle of the year 2022. Hopefully COVID will be behind us in the rear view window and I can fly up there well before that. Although a lot of the critical decisions are actually being made now over Zoom. Zoom world works for a while, but your personal relationships kind of slowly deteriorate with Zoom. You know, I think we, you need some personal contact and skin time. The other thing I'm doing, I'm, I don't know if I'm quite halfway, but half-ish half of the way on my second book now, second novel, Mexico 2090. really like doing that a lot more than I like playing 
zoom engineer. Oh, I could like engineering if I... I'm, I'm almost always hired to make somebody else's idea work. considered enough of an expert and knowledgeable enough that I still get pretty good pay. You know, at 73 years of age, 74 Christmas. And I think I'm still mentally pretty astute, although I do have senior moments where I can't find a word, especially people's names. But my ideas still flow pretty well. And I notice when people get older, they start talking real slow. I'm tired, that happens, but most of the time my brain works at pretty much normal speed. A lot of pauses, but that's from being a Texan. So I really enjoy the crap out of writing. I find it fun. And I've, I've got some several other I've actually got eight novels that I'm trying to write. Some of them, are, you know, that are erotic. I enjoy that. And I would like to share some of my more liberal views about sex and sexuality. Kind of creeps into my main books too, but not kind of side issue probably like it should be. So, as I face surgery, I think, damn, I haven't finished my books. I've been writing quite a bit today in the last couple of weeks. I worry sometimes what my kids will think about my books once. If they don't, if uh, they read them before they die. But I had a chance to read them while I was a alive and talk about it so like that's their problem I guess although I suspect it does keep me from writing some things I want to write in fact I've got one book that's like 85% finished the merging about a past lover it's been fictionalized and turned into a lot of symbolic um, kinks that kind of represent the reality of and the restrictions of an old man that's married falling into a young woman that's married problem. So it's kind of skates into an alternate reality. I don't know how that works, but it's either brilliant or it's really stupid. <laughs> but it is what it is. And I probably will never see the feedback from that because I haven't had the guts yet to publish it. Plus, it, it's not just guts. I'm. It's got loose ends that I just can't quite. It's... it's two stories being told simultaneously. One that, you know, the 
illness and ultimate death of my late wife with cancer and a imaginary and affair always kind of imaginary and the two stories running together uh, independently and yet obviously connected how that's you know possible and how we have different people existing inside of us all at the same time and your actually can be true to both at the same time and they both make sense at the same time the merging maybe someday you'll get a chance to to read it um, it's probably a little above my ability to write. I mean, it's, I'm a decent writer, but it's a big jump for me, both in writing and just philosophically, it's challenging. Yet I think there's something there and I'm trying to grab it. That kind of stuff really interests me, morals, values, how they get applied to everyday life and all the gray between the edges. My state of mind, I realize I'm rambling a little bit here because this is the night before the big operation and I wanted to just get stuff off my chest. Hope you guys have a good day. Um, you enjoyed Wimbledon even though my hero Federer lost gotta admit though Djokovic is a damn good player probably the best of all time I hate to say that but I think that I think he's still got a good career in front of him if you know if he doesn't get run over by a back truck won one of the three match points against Djokovic in Wimbledon three years ago, 2018 maybe. There'd be a gap of two between Federer and Nadal. It'd be a whole different world. But Djokovic had three match points against him by Federer and he won. That's not a trivial, trivial feat. Federer serving and you have three set points against you and you lose you don't lose I mean that's Djokovic didn't lose that's pretty damn amazing but I am really seriously digressing this is the ancient Texan wishing you a good day and I hope I'll check in after the operation if not, it's okay. It's not okay, but <laughs> so it is. Um, anyway, try to be true to your values. Do what you think's right. I'm a saint.